Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 109-99 win against the Orlando Magic, Riker. This Most is our exciting game of the season. <laughs> We're on a seven-game win streak. This is a preview for the first round of the playoffs. How amped up are you to see four more games of the Orlando Magic in the first round? Ben, it honestly, I will be shocked if there's 100 viewers for this podcast tonight. <laughs> You you could put you could put LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, you could put Giannis, you could put them all onto this team, and they would still suck, and they'd still be boring to watch. And it, you know, mostly it's because they still have Terrence Ross on the team, but it's just the franchise is so dreadfully boring, Ben. And the Raptors, although they were never contested in this game, it was unnecessarily close. The outcome. That's the thing. That's the thing about the Magic, man. They're you don't beat them to the point where you're winning by 30, so it's fun enough to see Boucher come in and hit a bunch of threes and all that stuff. They stay within 15 to 10 points. They never make a run to really make it interesting, but they don't, I don't know, they just keep it in this kind of lethargic pace and things going on. And I don't, I'm not, I don't appreciate the Terrence Ross slander this early on in the podcast because he played actually probably the best for the magic in this no game. he did not no he did not ben i'm glad you brought that up and although he was the best and that speaks to how bad orlando is although he was the best he shot dreadful from three he hoisted 11 three shot 27 percent. he had the worst plus minus and i'm a big plus minus guy ben he had the worst plus minus on the team and i mean the turnover machine the turnover king unfortunately he was outmatched by Pascal Siakam. Very unfortunate tonight, but otherwise his game was terrible as always. So he didn't disappoint on that front. But Ben, whether it was him yeah, or no, not, no. well, this Terrence Ross debate is the probably going to be the most heated thing out here. That T. Ross jumper is still looking smooth, man. He's coming around on those turns. He takes some weird shots. I know he took one with Sergi Bach in his face, but even you, record the biggest Terrence Ross hater, has you have to agree that that jumper, that stroke, is looking clean, man. I don't know how you can say that because he had open jump shots all game long. The Raptors, I felt like their their rotation defense was not amazing on closeouts tonight. And uh, I'm not Terrence saying it Ross goes in. Had a lot of. I'm not saying it goes but in. How it can just you call jump clean. shot clean? It looks clean. <laughs> what? The what? form? Oh, yeah, you, you did a, it. It's you, aesthetically man, you pleasing. You cleaned the house really well, but like there's still dirt everywhere. <laughs> like what? You can't call something fundamentally solid if it doesn't work. The aesthetic. The aesthetic of Terrence Ross's jump shot. Oh my I gosh. love I love the look of it. A Lamborghini with a Pontiac <laughs> engine, right? Hey, nothing wrong with it, but let's dive into this game a little bit. It even though it did kind of look like a scrimmage for stretches, Fred Van Vliet really just dominated the Orlando Magic. Honestly, our backcourt as a whole did it. Fred Van Vliet had 21 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds. Lowry didn't have the biggest point total, but uh, 8 points, 10 assists from him, and 9 rebounds trying to go for that triple-double. Uh, the backcourt, backcourt of the Raptors was just toying with the Magic tonight. Yeah, well, they are missing Jonathan Isaac, despite whatever sort of memes are circulating around him and uh and it is a serious injury acl and aaron gordon went out and they have a guy who frankly was an all-star in vucevic and he is completely neutralized when he whenever he plays against the raptors he apparently averages four points against the toronto raptors tonight i think he had six or seven you have the box score open there but mm -hmm. All of their bigs just become absolutely 
they're duds, they're pylons out there, and this is the perfect opportunity for guys like Fred Van Vliet, who, you know, he struggles with his inside game against the bigger guys, and he goes through stretches where his layups don't always go in. Same thing with Norman Powell. Uh, so it's a good game to to really go up and, and try to finish some of those layups contested, but not against the, the most imposing defenders. Yeah, no, I, I most definitely agree. Vucevic, phenomenal offensive player, but... On the defensive end, Fred kind of had his way going in, and Lowry was driving in. Didn't take many shots in the paint, but would drive in and then kick it out. And you brought up the point on Vucevic, and I, I think I heard Matt Devlin say that set too. Four points, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And as Raptors fans, obviously we see the Orlando Magic a lot. We team we seemingly play them every second game, it feels like. You know, they, the, the Magic just always end up as a Raptors matchup, whether it be in the playoffs or the season. But I looked at Vucevic's stats. This guy averages 20 and 11, Riker. His bo- like his box score stats throughout the course of the year are is really remarkable. And when he goes up against the Raptors, he, four points, that's a 16-point difference right there. I it, it's got to be mental with Vucevic when he sees the the Raptors red. It it's it, it's almost inexplicable. We know how good the Raptors defense is and we credit them a lot, and I don't know if it's all about the Raptors' defense or if it's exactly like you say, if it's a mental game and they have his number the same way that LeBron had the DeMar DeRozan Raptors number, right? That they just mm. they, they mentally go in defeated already before the game even begins. And that certainly seems like what happens with Vucevic whenever he plays against our team. Yeah, no, and speaking of the of the Vucevic kryptonite, Marcus came out in this game firing. He was ready to go. He kind of sent a a couple shots early on, bricked an open layup, and then sent a three off the side of the backboard. But after that point, when six of seven from the field, or uh, five of six from the field, had 13 points, six rebounds, and assists, what what were your thoughts on aggressive Marcus Gasol to start off this game? Ben, honestly, I'd be happy watching Marcus Gasol take 20 shots per game. It just it seems like when he shoots, it has a high potential of going in. And I don't know if you'd agree with me there, if that's a hot take or not, but he is, he's never assertive. And when he tries to, when he tries to score, good things happen. That's what I find. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I a thousand percent agree with you in the paint. Sometimes Mark's threes, you get a little bit sketchy on them when he fires them up, but when he's in the flow of the offense, and we saw it tonight, when he gets his game going a little bit on the inside, he's really consistent finisher uh, with those little post fadeaway shots. I don't even want to call them fadeaway. He just shoots it over the people. And then he, after he gets his game going, it's what we talked about with Serge Ibaka all of last year. Once he gets his game going on the inside and then steps back at the three, he was firing them up, and they were looking real, real slick, real wet tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that we're going to rely on heavily come playoff time because he is the complete package for the Raptors. He's a floor general. He sees the court really well. He has fantastic IQ. He plays at a very slow pace, Mm -hmm. and not in a bad way that he's getting beat or that he's a liability, but in a way that the game, that's a big challenge for rookies. Like, it was a big challenge for Norman Powell for the longest while where you could, he just had this raw athleticism but sometimes his he would be at the basket before he even takes his first dribble, basically, right? He's he's just ahead of he, he the game doesn't slow down for him. But Marcus All when he's out there, it's like he's watching, he's like playing four D chess. And so <laughs> I think that if if he can get the defense is already solid, the passing, the playmaking is already solid. He's basically we've said it a bunch of times, he's basically our point center. But if he can get that 
assertiveness on offense, then the Raptors have a much better chance in facing the, the, the more challenging teams come playoff time. Yeah, especially the teams without the defensive bigs. When you look at teams like the Celtics, an assertive Marcus All will be essential. But you brought up Norman Powell there, and he struggled getting his game going, especially finishing at the rim over the course of this bubble. Tonight was definitely the, his best game out of the three games so far. 14 points for Norm, 3 of 6 from the three-point line. Had a couple of flubbed finger roll finishes again tonight, but then took a couple and just yammed it down, didn't even worry about you know, throwing it up there, going up with a soft touch. What were your thoughts on Norm tonight? Look like the the Norm we've been seeing throughout the course of this regular season. Well, Ben, Nick Nurse says Norman Powell is due for a 25-point game. But the mm. way he says that makes it seem like he has a limited ability to score 25 points on any <laughs> given night. And I was glad he didn't waste it against the Orlando Magic. Ben, do you think it's coming on maybe a, a more weighty series or a you know just a better matchup? Because I, I think I think Nick Nurse is right, but I you know I'd hate for him to waste uh, if he only has a few in the tank. I'd hate for him to waste it on this game in particular. Honestly, once Norm gets the finishing down, because we we all know every Raptors fan that's followed this team for the past few years knows Norm has been a guy that sort of rides on his confidence. And then once his finishes go down, the threes go down. And he made a couple tonight. The threes ended up dropping. But over once Norm gets in that rhythm of his game, which he's been in all of this season and has kind of reverted back to, to the Norman Powell that is a little bit weird with his touch. As you mentioned, going a bit too fast for himself. He kind of reverted back to that in the past the previous two games but tonight looked like the Norman Powell the 2019-2020 Norman Powell and you know I, I think Norm especially the way he was finishing the season obviously the longest reigning player of the week seemingly ever but he I think we can see Norman Powell have big scoring outbursts multiple nights multiple games and I wouldn't be surprised especially after tonight's game where it was obviously a bit weird playing the magic if he really explodes against the Boston Celtics. Well, he definitely should, and Ben, we, we both agree on this point that whenever he goes up for a layup, he's already above the rim, so it's nice to see that he, he actually finished a couple tonight, um, and and it's it's usually those, when he tries to get a little bit acrobatic, the shots we're used to him making, he's been a little bit off with them, so I think that the tide is turning, and it'll be nice if he shows up against the Boston Celtics, because I believe the Raptors only need to win four and a half to hold that second seed and if they beat the Celtics then they're they're probably fine on their fourth win I, d- I, d- I don't know for sure but I'd love for the Raptors to hold the second seed and if it takes a big norm output then that would be just a cherry on the top yeah I'm not sure the outcome of uh, as of recording of the Celtics Nets game but since we beat the Magic uh, if the Nets end up finding a way to beat the Boston Celtics then we're secured we're locked in for that second seed regardless already so that's a positive thing to look at and I guess before we swing in the segments a couple wing players we can look at obviously OG's been an absolute beast lately 12 points five rebounds plus 17 for the game five of seven didn't even have to shoot any threes tonight he was a monster but the player I kind of want to go in on a little bit more is Rondé seven points for Rondé and we've seen Rondé sometimes have the ball handling duties as like a point you know, a point forward coming off the bench, but he was carrying up the ball a lot of possessions, and I think that really makes a lot of sense, because Rondé is a guy that's obviously an energy player, great on the defensive end, great cutter and that sort of stuff, but his biggest issue is he's not able to shoot the three, but, you know, and that's that's an issue when you're playing off ball and then your defender can help off of you, but if the ball's in Rondé's hands, and he's such a good passer, especially for a guy that's his size, 
If the ball's in his hands, the defender has to guard him straight up one-on-one, and then the floor is already spaced. So he drives in, draws in all the extra defenders, and then the spacing's already there. I really like the the Rondé Hollis-Jefferson high pick and roll, him kind of handling the ball. What are your thoughts on Nick Nurse trying out this sort of unintuitive Rondé Hollis-Jefferson playing point guard while Lowry and Fred are out there? Well, when you say it, it does make a lot of sense because because of his inability to shoot the three, you're going to put your worst or your least mobile defender on him. So usually it's your big that's going to guard Ronde. Yep. So mm-hmm. if you're going to draw that big out, then you're basically neutralizing the, the rim protector. So it does make a lot of sense. And Ronde was displaying and showcasing his ball handling abilities tonight he had a lot of dribble moves consecutive dribble moves where then he'd go in and and attack the basket and he had one really fantastic little shovel pass to Ibaka that unfortunately ended up being a miss that I thought should have been one of the nicer assists of the game but where I differ from your thought is I don't know if Nick Nurse was suggesting that they they try this and in running the plays through Rondé Hollis Jefferson or if because we've run a seven-man rotation for the past two games if this is Rondé Hollis Jefferson saying I want to play I want to be that eighth man and you know kind of dominating the ball and and playing with that Kobe mentality that he's going to shoot every time and that's that that was that was where what I thought was happening was that he was just he was forcing it a little bit because he wants to to crack that roster. So I don't know. You obviously saw something a little bit different than me. So it's interesting if if he'll keep playing because I like your rationale for why he he should actually be a ball handler. Yeah, whatever it is, I really like to see if we continue this, especially against a a tougher opponent, especially defensively, right? Going up against the Celtics, maybe you know, see if that really well, Celtics works. would be hard because they don't have a slow big man, unless Ennis Cantor yeah. maybe is you know guarding him. But yeah, Cantor or Tice, whoever they have out there. But it'll be interesting to see if this continues, if this is a trend, or maybe something as you said, Ronde trying to show a little bit extra, trying to get and be that eighth man in the rotation. But Riker, fourteen minutes in, let's swing into the segments tonight. The spicy P lay of the day. I don't know if you have one in mind, but. Uh, at the start of this one, OG Ananobi took took a little spice for himself and had a spicy piece spin move right down the lane and had a nice little finger roll layup. When OG's ball handling, we've been talking about it to death since the bubble has opened up, but if he's adding spin moves in here too, it, it's over. It's over. <laughs> the old Brandon Bambrick spin move, Ben. No, <laughs> Nobody will get the reference, but if you can put somebody in the washing machine, then you're you're getting to the basket. <laughs> shout out shout out Brandon Bambrick <laughs> out here. But uh not all plays can be the spicy pile of the day and some just make you say oh geez. Do you have an OGs play in mind, Riker? No, I'm gonna reserve my OGs for the, the gold star, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, the the OGs, the, the, the first couple shots that Marcus All had in this game, I alluded to it earlier, where he just caught you, you saw he was being aggressive and we're always asking Gasol to be ready to go and you know, shoot more shots, but you know, when you start off like that, but he kept it going, but the the first shots definitely made me say OGs and Chris Boucher came out in the game. Obviously he's not been getting run that much run in the first two couple games in the bubble, but immediately went out there and fouled a three point shooter. It ended up being just an, before the shot but 
you know, an interesting one minute of action from Chris Boucher. Definitely made me say OGs, but without further ado, let's swing it into the Demari Oh, sorry, Co- I actually do. I do have an OGs before we go into it. Do you? I can transition us then. Yeah, okay. uh, Aaron Gordon obviously went down, which is a big hit for the Magic. He, of course, is very ineffective as well as Vucevic against uh, the Raptors, but nonetheless, he is a guy that they, you know, they want to make a push for better seating probably, and... Mm-hmm. Um, in the replay, he just swung his leg. I know Lowry was awarded the the flagrant one, but he hurt his hamstring by just kicking his leg almost up to his head like one of the burlesque showgirls. <laughs> I don't even know how his leg is so flexible. But that just made me say, oh, geez, because Lowry didn't make him swing his own leg up that high, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I guess the momentum, but yeah, that leg went, that was high. That was, it that flew was up. Kind of, that was scary to look at. Listen, there's a... There's a career for him in Las Vegas with some <laughs> glittery, you know, skirts and all that stuff. If if that's you know, if his career ends up shy, but Ben, like you said, without further ado, won the only the Damari Carroll Gold Star Award for worst performance of the game. And for me, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it away because I don't know I don't know if this is to blame on Nick Nurse. And of course, you think I'm gonna talk about Terrence Ross, and I will. But I don't know if this is the blame on I'm Nick dying Nurse. at the Aaron Gordon thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't know if this is the blame on Nick Nurse <laughs> or if this is the blame on uh, who, what is it? What's their coach's name? Clifford. What's his first name? Is it Chris Clifford? Steve Clifford. What's her? Steve Clifford? I'm not I don't sure. know if it's the blame on the Raptors coach or if the, it's the blame on the Orlando coach for letting them just play their starters and run through and keep it close. But Lowry played 37 minutes tonight. Fred Van Vliet played 34 minutes tonight. I know the guys, they want to get run. They're dying to get some play before the playoffs. But this, you got to think, this is one of those games that if you, if one of your stars got injured, you, you could never forgive yourself. So to play that heavy minutes on your two best guards, you know, the guys that you need in the playoffs against the Orlando Magic... I don't know. I don't know who to blame it on, but that shouldn't have happened, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You wanna you wanna see Lowry's minutes, especially in a game like this. Fred, I don't mind because he's a younger player, even though he has had some injury issues. I don't think a lot of them are from heavy overuse. Most of Fred's injuries are just sort of freak things. But Lowry has definitely had a a past of dealing with issues that are over playing being one of the league leader minutes whether it's a lower back injury leg injuries and stuff like that so I'd like to see Lowry's minutes a little bit lower in these types of games obviously he's a guy that wants to be out there and he's such a positive for this team when he's on the court but that's definitely a thing to look at but I think it's fine as long as you're under 40 I think it's good but against the Orlando Magic maybe you want an extra breather we might see Lowry end up resting one of these games if he's a little bit fatigued, but I was going to throw a Demario Carroll Gold Star Award out to Pascal Siakam in this one. It, you know, like seven turnovers for him, a lot of them really careless, unforced. He looked really sloppy out there with his ball handling. His three-point shooting looked really short for most of this one. The He was a one of six, and then he ended up hitting one in that was at the end of a shot clock, a real, real quick buzzer one. So Siakam just really didn't have his game going tonight, and I think a part of that was, especially in the third quarter, he wasn't even running on defense. He was sort of just jogging back, not really taking the game seriously. And I guess when you're up big and you don't have any fear of the Orlando Magic, you can do that. But I don't know. I'd like to see Siakam have a bit more intensity, looking to drive the ball a lot a lot more when he's on the court. 
And, yeah, it, it, a little bit concerning, just the way Siakam sort of approaches this game for me, Riker. Do you agree? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. But I, I don't know. I think the Raptors are a team that play down to the abilities of the team that they're facing, right? Because we didn't have those same concerns against the Lakers, I thought. Yep. You know, I did. And and so he's the kind of guy, I, I don't know, I... I trust well I, I trust they'll turn it around. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's I, I kind of agree with that too. We kind of come out and have been slapping these teams, especially where we look at the heat game as well. We come out, get a solid solid decent lead, and then kind of let them creep back in and hopefully that doesn't happen in the playoffs. But it, it's nice that we're still winning these ones and playing great defense and stuff. We talked for twenty one minutes on the, the Orlando Magic Raptors game breaker, so shout out for everyone for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram. No one's cool making stuff. it this far, Ben. <laughs> no, people are making it this far. They want to hear some good Raptors magic content. I guess, let's beef it up a little bit too. Do you wanna see the Orlando Magic in the the playoffs of the first round series? Or would you rather see a, a Jamal no, Crawford led no, Brooklyn no. Nets? The Wizards creep in there somehow? Oh yeah. Anything but Anything but, Ben. <laughs> Anything but the magic? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Bro, Markel Fultz coming out. T-Ross. Where's the sauce, T-Ross? Anyways, you're the best right this far. As I said, Twitter, Instagram, you know the drill. Yeah. Any last words, Riker? Yes. I was thinking about the song, and uh, it's Copacabana, and I believe it's by Barry Manilow, and it says... Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. We're going to have to change it, too. His name was Aaron. He was a show guy. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words, but at the Copa, Copa Cabana. That's that's his future, Ben. He better study up the lyrics. <laughs> that's going to be a segment when we play these guys in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> I hope so. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>